Hello and welcome to episode nine of Two Woods Four Quarters, Harlequin's podcast. My name's Will and I'm sat here with my cousin Michael. Mike, how's it going, mate? Big couple of weeks off. How's it been? Yeah, been a nice couple of weeks. Um, obviously, we had the Autumn International sort of dominating the rugby scene. Um, we yeah. had some Prem Cup stuff to watch as well. But yeah, busy, busy couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, it was good to get back inside the ground yesterday as well and uh, sort of kick off where we start, kick off where we left off in the Prem stuff. But yeah, how's, how's your week been? Busy in... Lots of work, lots of high rolling, lots of six licking. <laughs> lots of high rolling, mate. It's been a hell of a week. Yeah, I know. I'm, um, I'm really cashing in on as many live sporting events as I can off the back of COVID. I've really missed it. Um, I was obviously at the Saints game in the Prem Cup with yourself and Dave Rogers. And then I managed to get my hands on some Chelsea Juventus tickets midweek. Had a Team GB ball on Thursday. And then uh, the game again this weekend. And I was at England, South Africa the week before as well. So I'm literally just going from live event to live event. I'm absolutely loving it. I've missed it so much. Um, so it's been a, a crazy couple of weeks. I need to take a weekend off and, and just sit in front of a TV and watch it for once, mainly for <laughs> financial reasons, but probably for health reasons as well. The amount of pints you end up putting away just <laughs> around fellow fans. But yeah, no, it's been it's been a great couple of weeks. What about your your hockey? How's your hockey gone? Oh, mate. So we'll, we'll dive in straight away. And <laughs> what were we yesterday? Well, it's now four o'clock on Sunday as we're recording this. And well, 24 hours ago, I walked into the Robshaw bar, said let's cut the people. And they said, oh, how's your hockey go? Concede again? I was like, yeah, brilliant. Very good. <laughs> and so, what was the score? Tell everyone what uh, the score was. Yesterday we beat, I was over in Dulwich, beat them 7-1. That's what I mean. Every week Got, it's like seven, eight, week nine goals, well. but there's always one. <laughs> and it's You're the worst thing. Like, aren't you? Yeah, I've sent it back. We've got a really good keeper, and I keep sending around to him saying, "Look, man, I'm sorry." Like, just you know, <laughs> getting getting drifted. But yeah, I got got beat on the counter yesterday. They broke from a long corner, and I was just stood on the halfway line with my thumb up my ass. Some bloke ran past me, and was a little bit quicker off the mark than I was. And then they rolled one into the bottom corner, and I was just like, "Well, look, it happens." Still five five one up, and then ended up getting another couple in the second half. But yeah, going well. Just keep conceding. I'm looking for that magical clean sheet at some point. Yeah, how many points have you bought the goalkeeper? Uh, not enough. <laughs> one a week at the moment or one yeah, per one goal yeah, one per goal <laughs> love that um all right well i guess let's let's move on that's enough about our weeks and, and you standing on the halfway line with the thumb up your ass <laughs> we'll, we'll quickly swiftly move on to the the premiership cup as you said awesome internationals definitely took all the headlines but the the prem cup rolled out over the last couple of weeks starting away at sarri's um, not the result we wanted, but we I think it was really important to get a bo- losing bonus point in that one because if we hadn't got that, the way the Premiership Cup is structured is that there's three groups, top three will go through, and then the best runner-up out of the, the remaining teams will, will go through to the semi-finals. If we hadn't got that losing bonus point, it, we would have been as good as done. So that was crucial, although we never liked losing at all, let alone to Saracens, which makes it doubly worse. Key for us to get that point and then we backed it up the following week by by welcoming Saints to us on a Friday night and, and getting a, a last gasp win there as well. It wasn't a great game. What did you make of that one? Ultimately, we got the result, but... Yeah, it was a little um, sort of curtain raiser to what we're hopefully going to see a big game um, in a few yeah. weeks, seeing that Saints side. Um, but yeah, the game as a whole wasn't brilliant. Obviously, we didn't go to Sarri's, um, didn't get to watch loads of the Sarri stuff. There wasn't much coverage on the day. Um, watched a bit of the highlights and stuff, which is you know pretty standard. But yeah, the Saris one, um, sorry, the Saints one was it was a bit interesting, wasn't it? Because we got to see some new faces. We I did. think this has been the, this has been the biggest sort of plus for me through this Prem Cup stuff. Is that we've got to see other people. Um, yeah. Obviously, last year we had none of the Prem Cup. We had no A League. 
Um, we didn't have, you know, big extended runs in Europe, which we might get a little bit this year. So we've definitely had some some look at a few, a few new faces and some really promising. Obviously, I didn't watch the Saris game, but um, just from that Saints game, Quadzilla, Jamie Benson, um, <laughs> he, he looks a real find. Um, Lennox was excellent. I think it was man of the match against, against Saints on that Friday he night. Did. He did. Um, we get to see, obviously, the captain. Steph came back and started to obviously give a give some of those young guys a little bit of um, a little bit of seniority and and sort of steer them through. Obviously, we saw Oscar Beard play brilliant yesterday. We'll touch more yeah. on that in a minute. But he was excellent in that in that Saints game. Made some real big carries, you know, 60, 70 yard runs. I think that clip was going on going on across the socials. Um, but yeah, Lennox was the one that really stuck out stuck out for me. Obviously, Jamie Benson, um, yeah, you know, played two full eighties and. Um, now that last minute kick as well to take the points against Saints which was really good um, I was really impressed with him here's a question for you though you, you called out his quads there whose quads would you rather have Jamie Benson or Wilco Lowe I don't think I'd suit Wilco Lowe <laughs> I don't think you'd suit either some, some, <laughs> no, I reckon I'd, I reckon with a bit, a bit of work on the leg press I, I could match Jamie but no, I'd, good bit of definition to his great definition great like vascular good looking legs great how legs old is he boy. by the way is he 1920 Early twenties. I know that he's obviously still at uni. I think. Yeah, yeah. Cambridge. I think somebody says um, that's a lot of leg there at uni. Well, it must be a pretty good life, you know, playing a bit of, you know, first team rugby at Harlequins and then mix going back to mix it in your, yeah. in in, a, in the libraries and the debating halls of Cambridge University. It must be living a pretty nice life at the minute. Is he at Cambridge? I think someone said Cambridge. Yeah, I thought it was Cardiff, but I think I got corrected by a few people behind us that said it was Cambridge. So, oh, wow. Yeah, brains and brawl. Well, I guess for a fly half, you've got to have that kind of wits about you, haven't you? So, yeah, yeah I was I was especially impressed with him as well. Um, and I, we might even see a little bit more of him now as well with, with Tommy Allen looking like he might be out for a little while. Um, Marcus is due back, but we've also got Will Edwards. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of uh, Jamie Benson. Who knows? On the subject of... New faces. Taolani seems to have worked his way off onto the bench for the, the starting team. Maybe we should move on to London Irish, top of mind. Yeah. Just gone this weekend. Gutting, really. I hate losing at home. I also hate losing to a team that would probably finish below us in the table. Yeah. Actually, I want to start with the positive because I thought the fans were sensational. I thought the South Stand really went for it. They were slapping the back of the stand, banging their feet really got a chorus going around the full stadium as well because it was Baltic conditions. It was yeah, blistering it cold, so cold, powerful winds. It was it was really unpleasant, really uncomfortable when I thought from minute one to minute 80 that the fans were exceptional. And even watching back a few highlights, you can you can definitely hear the noise. So we'll start with that because I, th- I thought they were brilliant. That was a real big wall of noise. It was brilliant. Um, and obviously they were... Um... Obviously, we were attacking towards the south in the in the first half. I want this to change, by the way. I want second half attacks towards the south end. I think Irish won the toss. I think so. I heard on the highlights and chose to attack. They attack that way because of the wind. But I want that second half down towards the big noisy south end in the future. So hopefully, somebody can <laughs> hear me out and make that happen. You've got a Northmore so. try in front of you. I got the Oscar tried in front of me in the DHL stand. They always seem to score in that corner as well. Maybe you need to switch your your size of the south stand. Well, I always also had Rob Simmons crash over in the corner and right in front of us as well, which wasn't quite as good. But no, it was good. Fans were excellent. Um, loads of noise and the sort of spine tingling bit I got at the end of the game when Andre gives that, that was a cold, of, wasn't it? Well, yeah. That sort of, <laughs> mate, some, I had my I had my big old down to my ankles, you know, yeah, bench coat the bench hanging coat. on me. Yeah, um, I still think there was a thing, let alone my spine tingling. I was I wasn't actually too bad. Pretty because I was still in all my hockey gear. So I had about three pairs of socks on and some undershorts. Yeah. So I don't think I was too bad. But yeah, the the sort of real raw went on. I know we were 
you know, having to go 85 plus, but Andre mm. sort of over the top basketball passes it to Hugh Jones, who yeah, yeah. meters, gives it to Caden. I thought, I don't know, we might, yeah. we might do it. Didn't, didn't sort of turn out that way. There wasn't a single fan sat down, was there? I'm always conscious. I get a bit excited and jump out of like my eight seat. foot two. Exactly. And I realised that that doesn't give the view the, <laughs> the view for the lads behind me particularly good. Um, I'm always conscious of that. But when I stood up, I turned around and every single person up to the back row was standing up as well. So yeah. I was like, okay, Use cool. that as a We're tactic, mate. Use that as a tactic yeah. to get people on their feet. Get stood <laughs> up and then everyone else around you has to stand up as well. Can't see, can't see over the top, yeah. <laughs> um, question on the weather I'm going to keep banging on about it because I found it really tough I didn't have a pint during the game because I didn't want to have my hands out holding one it was so cold <laughs> do you think it played a part it must have played a part in some capacity but do, how do you think that impacted the result if at all um, the, oh, we had the win first half and I, I don't think we used it it was weird so like during the game I, I because I got in there so quickly, I was a bit sort of flustered about how everything was starting. I didn't really sort of appreciate which way the wind was going or which way they were sort of kicking into the corners to try and make them make use out of it. The, at the point I really, really noticed it was at half time, um, Taulani and Yautama were doing some sort of warm up drills, you know, getting themselves ready for the second half. Um, Lewis Yautama was box kicking them and Taulani was standing underneath. And the ball was going directly up. And going every direction. <laughs> Poor bloke. Talani looking to make it, his second appearance for the club. Doesn't have, genuinely, doesn't have a chance. Gen, genuinely didn't get near one. Genuinely <laughs> didn't, I didn't get near one. And I was thinking, okay, Poor that guy. makes a difference. And then obviously that they kicked deep in the end of the second half and Danny sort of tried to control it with his foot because the wind just oh, don't get me held it that. held it up in some sort of way in front of him. But yeah, I, I, it was difficult I to actually... agree with that. Well, I know it was didn't, that at all. I but, felt like he was doing it because he didn't want to catch it because it was too cold. That's what <laughs> it felt like. And in fact, the second one where he did that, he wasn't even watching the kickoff. It was quite reactionary, which is why he missed it. Yeah, ended up having to retrieve it. I Maybe. really didn't enjoy watching that. But it, it is difficult to sit in the stands and gauge where that wind comes from because you don't stand in the middle of the ground. Um, the posts are obviously shaking all over the place. You can't yeah. really play that into into account. But yeah, it was it was it's obviously going to make a difference. Some of the kicking on the day was. It was interesting. There wasn't a lot of, wasn't a lot of real sort of effective kicking. A lot of them were like dinks in behind or sort of yeah. A lot of the sort of Tyrone and um, Danny put and a few in, which I, I thought was a good side to his game. Yeah, it just felt like there was a lot of like drilling kicks from fifteen or from the backfield to try and keep it out of the wind and gain gain sort of territory. But yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if I go sort of once a well twenty three, I suppose in terms of standout performances, the one that comes to mind straight away is Oscar Beard. Yeah, he man of the he match. Was, yeah. Well, for us anyway, I think um, their 12 got man of the match, didn't he? But I, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. I think he, he looked hungry. He looked up for it. There was a few players out there that looked a little bit cold. Um, and I mean, I can't really blame them for that. If, if, you're a, no. if you're a back and it's getting put in the scrum every five minutes, it was a really stop-start, slow game. I really did feel for the players because it's like you really do struggle. And Tyrone Green's made of absolutely nothing. I could see him sort of doing a few mini sprints in the backfield just to keep warm. But um, he, Oscar Beard, was definitely one who looked like he was he was comfortable. He was up for it. Took some brilliant high balls, made some mm. brilliant strong carries, and got over the line twice. So yeah, I was really impressed by him, um, and I, I hope he's in the squad again next week. Yeah, and then Jack Walker, he got an eighty minute stint. I heard yeah. Joe Marchant and Craig Trenier on on Quinn's live referring to him as Wacker. Um, he had a big 80-minute stint. He did. There was um, lots of players that had 80 minutes, wasn't there? Dan, I, yeah. I think Danny got 80 minutes as well. 
But no, for Jack Walker, sure. I don't think not he sure. did. For Jack Walker to get eighty, I thought was quite impressive. And every time I watch him play now, I'm more and more impressed with him. He looks like a Quinn's hooker. If I was to sort of put down a list of Quinn's hookers, he's the kind of player that that fits that ilk now. And I think that's epitomised by his offload to to Luke North. Oh, ridiculous! Jack Walker looks a little bit like Mister Incredible. I know everybody says Vince <laughs> looks like Mister Incredible, but when he goes for a line out and they've got that low camera angle. And like his head and his neck like merge into yeah. one. He looks like Mr. Incredible. And that offload was definitely incredible, if you pardon the pun there, because the way he got that out the back door and put North more under the sticks. Yeah, I thought he I thought he played pretty well. Sonny Bill Walker. Yeah. Oh, no. no, it was good. That was awesome. Uh, no. <laughs> Who else? I feel I can't help but feel for Tommy Allen. Like oh, he's made biscuits, isn't he? Poor cannot, bloke. cannot catch a break. I mean, when he when he went down, I think, well, if this is HIA again. When when do we see him? It obviously looked like a shoulder injury, which might be might be more damaging. Yeah, he went um, off in a sling. Well, yeah, a shirt sling. Shirt sling. Yeah, I don't know. Luke Northam, I think, was excellent. So he went off. Yeah, we've got um, really... I guess it's worth doing an overall review now, isn't it? Because I thought yeah. by our high champions of England standards, I thought we were maybe off the mark. We were below average. Um, I wouldn't go as far as saying we were bad because I thought London Irish played really well. And I think we... We created some good moments. We just also killed them ourselves. We were probably our, our own worst enemy in the, in this game. I thought we weren't terrible, but you think about how a Champions of England side should play, title-winning side. I think we were well off the mark there. You should be winning all your home games, really, or definitely against a side that's probably below you in the league, like London Irish. We set that standard every week, and I just don't think we're at that level. So I've, I think that was a frustration for me. Um, every pass was slightly behind the recipient, which completely killed the momentum. There was lots of fumblings and a few knock-ons anytime it looked like we were going to make a bust. Taolani made a great carry at one point and it looked like yeah. we were going to get a bit of front football and, and have a real great attacking opportunity in the middle of the pitch. And he just lost it, um, albeit with Tuasui coming in behind to dislodge it. So, yeah, I think we showed plenty of promise. I just don't think we we executed like a premiership winning side does and, and like Harlequins does because we're so good at converting with red zone efficiency. Everybody talks about a BT Sport now or or being clinical and taking your chances. Last few weeks, it feels like we've we've slightly slipped off, um, which is concerning. But I know we'll put it right because we've got the players and we've got the, the coaches. It's just how long do we have to wait before we, we put it right because we've got a hell of a task next week away at Leicester. I think the biggest thing for me was how staunch Irish were in defence. They were stubborn, they were, weren't they? They looked very, like they wanted it more. I know I'm going to go back to the conditions again. It's hard to get yourself physically dominant and up for it when every piece of contact you make is going to hurt a little bit more because of the cold and because of the, the lack of blood pumping around the body. But it felt like they were up for it a little bit more. They played the conditions a little bit better. Um, and ultimately, the game came down to three points. When we lose Tommy Allen just before half time, we're playing a whole half of rugby without a kicker. And I know our DNA is to go for the corner every time anyway. A few of our kicks weren't close enough to their try line. Um, and if we did want the option of going for the posts, I'm not sure we had the man on the field to, to execute it anyway. So I'm not going to criticize Will Edwards for missing the conversion because it was right on the touchline in horrible, horrible conditions. But mm. I'd like to think if we had a a kicking 10 on the pitch we could have perhaps put ourselves into better places on the pitch and maybe it was the kind of game where you need to opt for three when you get the chance just to chip away at that scoreboard when nothing seems to be going your way potentially although there were 
pretty nasty conditions to take three points in, I suppose. Um, windy and, and rainy. Well, windy and rainy if you look at the second half. I think I actually saw on Twitter this morning. I think Joe Marler, I don't know if you saw it, probably summed up the game fairly yeah. concisely. His, his tweet reads exactly, Irish were good, we were bad. Thanks for coming to watch. The sun will come out tomorrow. Hashtag Mark Twain. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I, not I wrong. do think... What I quite like is he's being quite hard on the team there, saying that they were bad. I guess they could say they were bad by their high standards. When you're yeah. champions of England, if you're not performing every single week, I guess that that is bad. But I didn't think we were terrible. No, I'm just trying to I'm trying to sort of work out the sort of the, the difference in in the tries. I suppose I think maybe it's, maybe it wasn't so much the attack. I think of the big sort of defensive moments of the game. Irish were, as we said, they were stubborn throughout. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost impossible at times to keep us, you know, to one only trial. However, however you want to phrase yeah. it. Yeah, I think they Especially were solid. When, like they yeah. did their jobs, didn't they? But when you think about the scoreboard in the end, it was identical bar those three points. I think Tabai Matson summed it up well in his interview as well in the fact that we go and score a try and then we we mess up the exit from the kickoff and we're, we're yeah. defending for three or four minutes and they were just solid. They did everything well. And perhaps we were the ones that were killing ourselves. The exits were frustrating. Like he, did, he did start the game. I remember watching it. He said, Monday, Tuesday, we'll look at our restarts because every time we had points on the board, we were then defending for five minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, one of the sort of real storylines I can remember thinking about as I was watching it was that we had that one massive defensive shift in the second half. Uh, we get the turnover or we get a penalty, massive roar, but that was the only real sort of huge defensive Set. you know, stint of four, five, yeah. six minutes under pressure where we actually came out on top. And just from memory, they had they had more dominance actually in at, at the sort of, at the game line in defense. I know that um I can't remember the inside center's name. He was man of the match and played very, very well. And Rensburg, I think. And Rensburg. Not the sale like one. It. No, that's not they're right. related, but I'm not sure. But he um you know, he, he did a brilliant job and Rona was very good and Jackson was pretty sound. And then, you know, when they actually then had that chance to create off turnover and off the defensive effort they had, guys like Hassel Collins and Parton got their hands on the ball and actually were pretty effective in the carry. Yeah. Um, I think if there was one player's performance to sum up the team, I think it was Tyrone Green because he yeah. gives it his all every week. He didn't have a bad game, but he wasn't his... Line breaking, no. accelerating, high speed, catching everything best that he usually is. There was a few sort of fumbled passes. He couldn't break the line no matter how hard he tried. I don't think he had a bad game at all. He, again, he was no. he was solid, but that epitomizes the game for me in that that he went for it and it just didn't quite click for him. And I don't think it clicked for quite quite a lot of us as a collective group, whether that be stringing a few moves out the back everything was sort of slightly behind or not quite getting as much go forward in the carry in the pack as, as we would like, or as we're used to really. So I think you've got to give a bit of credit to Irish for that, but equally yeah. we've got to be accountable somehow. There'll be a reason why I didn't quite click. And I think it could be as simple as if we had Marcus Smith and Alex Dombrand in that team, I think that's a yeah. different result. I think we've won. I, I, I completely agree with that. Obviously you look at what happened on the day, but I had this image of of what I watched in the second half where it's quite a sort of 
typical way that we move the ball and it's so effective where it's either set piece on one side of the pitch and it's carry backdoor, carry backdoor and then it's shift, shift and the ball often ends up with Tyrone Green and it's either a two-on-one or a sort of evenly matched sort of defensive setup but because of the pace and the acceleration and the step that he has he often gets to the outside shoulder and then creates that two-on-one and we, we yeah. score so many tries off it guys like Lewis and Caden mop that up and it just yeah. didn't quite have work enough exactly to have that sort of to have that real you know showing on the scoreboard but yeah the yeah. one time that did work by the way was was tom lorde putting in oscar beard oscar yes. beard took a brilliant line sort of hiding behind lorde and then just went went for it out on the left flank and lorde is getting really good at those two-on-one assists he must have like him a lot four or five assists in the last few weeks just by doing that lingering out on the the touchline and then and then nailing his basic skills with the two-on-one so he's he's especially good at that and as you say, I, I think it didn't click for everybody else at the weekend, which is frustrating. I think Northmore had a, a solid game. It was it was a shame to see him go off injured. It looked really yeah. nasty, actually. I, I was I had a good angle of it because it was closer to my side of the pitch, and you could tell he was out before he went down because his left arm was flailing. Yeah. Um, and the ref actually stopped the game for it, and he was down for ages. And those are the kind of injuries where it's that always seems to happen when it's blistering cold. Yeah. That can't help with recovery or, or at least trying to solve an injury. So they did well to get him off. It was great to see him walk off. But the man that came on, Hugh Jones, I thought played really well. And you yeah. mentioned his breakaway at the end there that when Andre put him through the hole and it looked like Caden was going to get down and we were going to have a last-minute winner, which would have been so Quinn's and it would have been yeah. so sensational. But yeah. I think Caden's got a little bit of an injury. He had his right calf um, in a sleeve or taped up at least. Um but with a number of injuries already on the wing with, with Liner out as well, I think that he was fit enough to play. Yeah. I just wonder if he was at full fitness, could he have, if, could he have got round and, and finished that in the corner? So it was tough. There was a lot of things that went against us. We picked up a few injuries in the game. I think there was a few sort of low 100% bodies out there. And, and ultimately, three points was the difference. And I guess that, that could have been changed if, if we had a fully fit team on the field. In terms of points, though, I suppose the biggest plus of the day is that we come away with a losing bonus point. So we're not losing, mm. not losing. Well, we don't, we don't come away with nothing, do we? we? We take a point from it at least. We actually went up to second on the day, um, as we played before before Saris. Um, but yeah, we're we're now looking at three defeats in four if we go up to Leicester and and lose there, and they're undefeated. They had a bye week this week, so they've had two weeks to prep for us. Tigers away is is never a fixture you fancy anyway. I I don't think. I don't think we'll do a job up there. I don't think we I mean, like we're, we're at that level yet. The injection of Marcus and Don Brandt might change that and, and will definitely be welcomed and a real positive for us. But I, I see success in that game as a losing bonus point and probably four tries and we'll take two points. That's what I would see as a win in that in that space. Welford Road on a cold December's afternoon. That's going to be... Oh, Jesus, that's going to be tough, isn't it? Really, yeah. really tough. Table-topping Tigers. Yeah, Speaking of table-topping tigers, we've actually got a very special guest this week. We've got Michael from the Rolling Mall podcast, which is a Leicester Tigers podcast. And we'll come on to that shortly because there's a little bit about the women's game I'd like to talk about. Obviously, the the Autumn Internationals for, for England women are now over as well. However, there was a game at Twickenham for the Barbarians, one of our own. Beth Ann Dainton was playing in it. A whopping yeah. 60 points to five win over 
the South African women's team across the road from us on the same day as well. It was actually a, a world record crowd for a, a women's rugby game. It was 29,581 oh, packing into Twickers on a, a horribly cold day. I'm going to stop saying this now because I've banged on about the weather enough. <laughs> but I still think that's so impressive. And I can only imagine what would happen when we get England women in there because they are absolutely setting the world alight at the moment. Yeah, so get them into Twickers and let's see if we can we can beat that record in no time. Um, we're not far away from the Six Nations, so let's make that happen. Speaking of getting teams into Twickers, similar setup for Big Game 13. Little plug for, for Big Game 13. There's still tickets going. We've got... Harlequins women versus Wasps women and then Harlequins versus Northampton Saints in the men's game. Get in for both of those. Let's top that record. Let's make it a big one because that is going to be a hell of a party, um, especially straight after Christmas as well. You can continue to indulge in the alcohol without feeling too guilty. And on the subject of Quinn's women, back to emphatic winning ways with a 36-10 win away up at sale. What did you make of that one? One well, familiar face returning. Yeah, haven't haven't really watched loads of it, mate. But I've just been checking up. Actually, I was bumped into Ellie Green yesterday at the game. Obviously, she had that little um, spell at halftime with with Mike Bova when she's in the boot for twelve weeks. And I said, "Oh, do you know the score?" And they said they were twenty something up at, at halftime. But they they went on a real sort of rampant couple mm. of weeks in the Prem Cup and another good win yesterday. And you know they'll get the likes of Kill Dunn back. I know that Heather Cowell um, is off with the GB7s program, um, as is Will Trenholm, actually, which we should mention as well. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that. Which, which is good. But yeah, they're they're just going to hopefully keep keep that sort of keep that ball rolling into into a big part of the year. Um, and if yeah. we can beat that twenty nine thousand whatever sellout is at at, uh, at the bar bars, hopefully there's at least sort of forty fifty in there for the women's before we before the men's team play on big game day. I'll certainly be there with my mates. So hopefully that'd be um, that'd be good. But yeah, they're just. They've just got so much quality, haven't they? And obviously, we've had injuries to the likes of um, Jess Breach and Sarah Beckett's been off, and Birth is back, which Berth is great. Is back. So she was back, which is great to see. Um, Sarah Beckett was back involved with the Roses um, in their campaign, which was excellent. And um, there was a really cool story actually about her and Holly Aitchison, um, mates as they were little kids running out of Berlin together. So I saw that on social media, which is really cool. Hopefully, when these big international names come back, Birth. Breach, Kill Dunn back with England, Langy back from England, Cormer yeah. back from England, the, the Amy Kane back from England. The, the list goes on. Mate, I, I see this as a catalyst now. Like we we were so confident at the start of the season, weren't we? You and I, we were looking for places we were, for yeah, a hundred pound bet on Quinn's women to go back to back. And then we had a hell of a wobble. There was a few games where we scraped wins. There was a few games where we were getting comfortably defeated by Exeter, for example, at home. Um, international break came at the, the right time and a load of our players went away with England and have absolutely torn it up. Yeah. Since then, Rachel Burford's come back. I don't think you can underestimate her leadership credentials and just the impact and, and the awe she has around that that squad and, and the role she plays within that. So I think this is the catalyst moment now. We're building up as we get into December to a, a huge showpiece event at Twickenham is going to be another motivating factor. I see this as like the, the catalyst that's going to kickstart the season again and, and and put us back at the top of the perch. I'm just looking at the table now. Bristol Bears played 6-1-6. Sarri's played 6-1-6. And then we're nested in there in third, played 6-1-4, lost two. Yeah. Um, and it'll be it'll be a crucial game, that one against against Wasps on a big game day. Um, yeah. They're, yeah. Sort of, Tough nested, game as well. They're look good. Here. They've got some superstars. Um, Abby Dow, Dow, et cetera. Tore it out for England. Yeah. So, no, it'll be good. And hopefully... 
hopefully it'll be um, a good day. And like you say, with all those superstars, the stars aligning, we can um, we can romp, romp, romp our way through the Christmas period and start climbing that ladder and get above and um, start mixing with uh, Saris and Bristol. Love that. Right. I've got a three question quiz for you before we move on and have a little chat with Michael from the Rolling Mall podcast. Love doing this because I feel like I'm going to put you on the spot. It'll make you think if you're listening, play along as well and, and, and tweet us with your answers. First one. How old was Oscar Beard when Danny Kerr made his Harlequins debut? Jesus. <laughs> I love this question. Did I hear that someone said he someone said he was 20 or just recently turned 20 yesterday? Yeah, you must have watched the highlights because uh, yeah. that was called out in the commentary. Oh, Jesus. How old is Danny now? Uh, 34, 35. So what are we saying then? Three or four? Oh, you've, you've ruined the question now. He was actually five. Five? <laughs> yeah, Oscar was born in 2001 and Danny made his, his Harlequins debut in 2006. So he's five years old. And then here that he is this me... weekend, bagging that, two that, tries, playing alongside him. That even makes me feel old, born in 97 with Oscar Beard, born in 2000 and whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're going to finally have to let go to the, the premiership dream of playing for Harlequins. <laughs> It's come and gone, hasn't it? I think that died a long time ago. All right, so you're you're not from one. We'll move on to the yeah. next one. Actually, this isn't one that's got a right answer. This is an opinion. And I'm not going to give you any context to the question. I'm just going to say Jordan Turner Hall or Andre Esterhazen. Wow. Uh, I mean, if I'm picking an all-time 15, you know, Andre gets it at 12 for me. Jordan Turner Hall, he's a Brighton, Brighton Hove lad. I know he grew up playing as club rugby at Hove just down the road from where I lived. Um, but yeah, Andre for me. Andre for me. What a player. I've got a, I've got a man crush on Andre. I just think he's sensational. He can literally do it all. He can carry. He's got soft hands, pass out the back. He can kick. He's and so he's physical in the contact, whether it's tackling or carrying. He's, he's got it all. And he's here for another couple of years as well. Yes, come on. Right, last question. And then we'll go have a chat with the Tigers. Would you rather play without a kicking 10 and stick to our DNA or play with a kicking 10 and have a few more shots? Jesus Christ. I, I think I said this a while ago. Playing that style of rugby will win us more games than it will lose us. So, you know, Will Edwards is not a kicking 10 by any stretch, but he is far, far more than that. And he's a Quinn-style 10. And I think, you know... We could have had a couple more shots at goal yesterday. We could have maybe been a little bit more pragmatic in the way we kick the ball. But like I've said, since we started doing this, I think the way we do it and the players that we select and the way we move the ball and how we play and all that sort of stuff, kicking for the corner, blah, blah, blah. It will win us more games than it will lose us, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I think the the answer to that one is just play Marcus Smith. You can do both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, that was fun. Enough of that. Let's move on. Let's go chat with Michael from uh, the Rolling Mall podcast. Coops, welcome to the pod. Pleasure to meet you. Hoping to ask you a few questions and get your thoughts ahead of uh, a titanic clash on Sunday as, as Quinns travel up to Welford Road. Very, very happy to be here. I'm very excited about the weekend already. Somebody who I follow as a Harlequins fan on Twitter has been calling it a, the Battle of Fire and Ice, which is a bit dramatic, but I love it. <laughs> uh, sounds like our big game marketing. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he could be linked to he could be linked to you guys to be honest he's, he's probably all over it bit of subliminal sales there um <laughs> what's going on at, at tigers what's changed is it as simple as steve borthwick's getting it right or 
surely there's an element of, of Sinfield's mentality given the challenge he's just done, which which might have had an impact. What, what's changed? Why are you eight from eight, top of the table? It's it's an interesting one because I think we saw the shoots of it last season where we were pretty basic in what we were doing, but the set piece started to get dominant again. In fact, actually, to be fair, even when we were crap, um, you know, Dan Cole was still doing the business in the scrum uh, and and we were still pretty good there. But now sort of the carrying is a lot more aggressive. Helps when you order yourself, you know, off the conveyor belt, an army of aggressive South Africans, as you guys have found with Esterhaus. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're, pretty, they're pretty handy. Um, so we've obviously got a few of those guys. But the academy as well is starting to come good. The timing's really nice with guys like George Martin, yeah. Chesson coming through, uh, Jack Van Portfleet in the... Uh, mm at Scrum Half as well. And all of a sudden, we've got a lot of guys who are shifted on who are perhaps either journeymen or perhaps weren't pulling their weight in terms of what finances they were dictating, Manu being the obvious one. <laughs> and actually, it's, it was interesting because I love Manu. I think he's brilliant. But if I think to myself, well, the man who's left and we've now got probably got Dan Kelly, Matt Scott, and um, the two young Australians, Guy Porter and Harry Potter, for what we were paying Manu, then it's an absolute no-brainer for the quality. Oh, absolutely. Got but there's just absolute clarity in what we're doing now. It's very physical. It's nowhere near as exciting to watch for the neutral as what you boys play. Uh, but it is n- not as dire as we were used to last year. It's actually really efficient, good, aggressive, hard rugby. And with a guy like George Ford pulling the uh, strings for this season, at least, it's pretty accurate. Out wide. We've got a really good red zone efficiency. Uh, and that's probably what's driving us at the moment. I remember watching you boys last year and I know that we beat you in that game at home. I remember being really excited about someone like George Martin or Jack Van Porfley. And then towards the end of the year, you had some really, really good games. I remember I was talking about it and going, you know, after we'd won it, who are we looking at next year? And obviously you get Saris back in the league and blah, 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 and teams like that. And then you look at the, what we call like the baby cubs, Borthwick's baby cubs. You think, Jesus, they're going to be so strong next year. And I love the way you talk about those like sort of journeymen that are maybe moving on and not putting their weight. Obviously, it's a difficult one. The Smith Ford battle. Hopefully, Marcus. Did, obviously, Marcus and Dominic are wearing Dubai at the minute on holiday. Hopefully, they haven't got to do much quarantine stuff on the way back with all this new nonsense yeah. going on. But the uh, the battle with those two next week is going to be a fascinating and b probably one of the main storylines. What are your thoughts on the George Ford situation and how that's all panned out? I mean, obviously, you know firsthand. What's the what's the general feeling amongst the Tiger faithful? We're not naive enough to think this has just come out of the blue. His performances this season have been ten out of ten, pretty much week in week out. And that would have been with all this going on in the background. So everyone is just appreciating him for what he's doing and hopes he can continue to do it. I'm sure he will do. He'll still be quality. I think him and Smith um, and possibly, oh, what's the sale fly off who's going? I was about to say McGuigan. Uh, McGinty. McGinty I, yeah. I think those three are quite a distance away as being the best attacking fly halves in the league, certainly. So, it, you know, everyone is devastated he's going. It's obviously exciting to see who might come in next. I think the only bad feeling about it around there is Alex Sanderson, um, who we, we really got stuck into with a podcast, but we made the mistake of getting him mixed up with his brother, Pat Sanderson. So we absolutely <laughs> rinsed into Pat Sanderson. The poor bloke had nothing to do with it. But, you know, Alex Sanderson gets asked, you know, kind of whilst Ford hadn't told Leicester about, you know, have, you know, are you interested in him? And he lets it go, said, oh, we've had a great conversation. I'll leave it. Absolutely bang out of order. Puts loads of pressure on Ford and loads of pressure on Leicester. I've got it on reasonable authority that Ford was was pretty peed off, but he'd already made up his mind, but he wanted to have control of the situation. That was very much taken away. Um, So there is a bit of bad blood there, but it's not directed to Ford. It's directed to Alex Sanderson, who is already in our bad books anyway, for claiming that the reason Manny Tualagi is injured all the time was because how he was left 
looked after. And lo and behold, first thing he did when he got there was get injured, and now he's got to pull hamstring again. So the guy is a master of talking nonsense, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> the press, the press love him, but I don't. I think we can echo that. We're not massive fans of, uh, of Alex Sanderson either. He's, he's got a particular hatred for Quinns, which we absolutely love, and we love lapping it up. So, um, <laughs> he called us sore losers last year, didn't he? After we... No, he called us sore winners. Oh. Sore winners, that because we actually won that one. So, yeah, they, we'll, we'll take that. Definitely. Um, it's always really fascinating to hear from, from rival fans and, and who they think could do some damage to them and, and who you think could do some damage to us. So, who are two of our players... That you're you're slightly wary about, and and who are two of your lads that we should be slightly wary about as Quinns fans? So for, for your guys, I'm going to deliberately ignore the two obvious ones who are my absolute favourites, which is Smith and Dombrad. Smith is, you know, phenomenal. We know what he can do um, given space, and you know, I think the difference between him and Ford is perhaps I think Ford is a better on the line distributor, but Smith on that secondary wave of distributors, I think is just absolutely outrageous. I think he's phenomenal, giving him a bit more space and don't just watch him go. Don Brandt, I think has, he's not there yet, but is that in a Kieran Reed mode uh, mold? I think he's just, I think he's a sensational number eight playing out wide where he can use his hands and his, uh, and his vision. Um, I think that the Quinn's pack is the most underrated pack in the league. Everyone always seems to think that, oh, you play Arlequins, or oh, they're a bit soft up front, you can get into them. I think there are very few teams that can actually get properly stuck into the Queen's Interesting. Pack. Very few. And to that mind, I'm just going to pick someone like, um, you know, this conveyor belt of randomly good players. You're like, who the F is that when you kind of look through the team sheet? And, oh, hang on, they're at that perfect level, just slightly, not quite international quality, so they're not <laughs> taken away from We've got a lot of like. But like unbelievable premiership quality. So I really like Jack Kenningham. I think he's excellent. I think he's a real danger over the ball for someone who is basically a beanpole. I don't know how he does what he does. And he hits hard and he's aggressive. Um, and uh, equally in the back row, I, I, I like uh, Chisholm as well. I think he's just a really good abrasive carrier. I'm going to give you three here. So I think I like that back row of uh, Chisholm and, and Kenningham. And uh, I also think uh, at the back, obviously, Tyrone Green. Uh, as long as he doesn't have too many days, like he was a little bit perhaps trying too hard. I got the impression against London Irish. That's exactly yeah, what we bit. said, yeah. He, it felt, yeah, it felt to me like he was like, right, I'm the senior guy in this back line. I'm going to try and make everything happen. But, you know, he, um, he'd give him sort of like just half a yard, show him the outside. And then, you know, I, you know, and it'll be, you know, sayonara, you know, off he goes. Uh, I'm not, um, Again, I'm just stunned at this random conveyor belt of quality young talent that you have coming through. Also, Oscar Beard comes yeah. on the thing, and it's probably I was like, it's like again, like what a ridiculous name? Who's that? Oh, hang on, he's he's the best winger on the park today. Was, <laughs> um, unbelievable. So you know, I think there's dangers all over the park, but I think it's the guys who perhaps don't grab headlines who fly under the radar for a lot of fans. And I think your pack is very fast, very aggressive, um, and I don't think is there to be bullied as, as a lot of people think. Yeah, that's one of the things I loved about watching Oscar Beard play yesterday was that in a back sort of three that involves someone like Tyrone Green, Hassel Collins, Caden Murley's won the Premiership. Oscar Beard was the best out of the bunch on the day. It was so good to watch. And Chisholm is one of the best club men at the at, at Quinns. Yeah, it's the stories of him having beers after the game are legendary. He's a properly good bloke, and he is one of those real abrasive, proper Premiership hardened players. Moving on to next week, obviously. We've got a lot to worry about in terms of the players that you've got. Freddie Stewart had, you know, the, he was the final of the automations. He's an incredible player. Big boys in the wing like Nadolo and that kind of, you know, in, in dynamic with some smaller guys that we've got in the back three. But 
where do you think the game's won or lost? Obviously, you mentioned our, you know, depth in, in the forward pack and how dangerous we can be out wide, but comparative to how you guys get on, give us the way you think the game we won or lost. So I, I think that we'll probably try and take a leaf out of the Saracens or the sailboat. I think the only times you have struggled is when teams have sort of strangled you a little bit. Yeah. I think there were probably only three teams that can possibly do that to you. And I think that we're one of them and the other two are the teams you've lost to. So I right. think we might use that as a bit of a blueprint. Um, I think that you will win if you win the battle on the floor by getting turnovers, by getting to the breakdown quicker and creating that sort of dis, um, unstructured play, which you guys thrive and to which any defence is going to struggle with. Because I think our defence has been pretty good. To that reason, I think that if I was going to give you a couple of players to look for from our side that aren't, again, like the real headline grabbers that, you know, you don't want anyone to say, so oh, watch out for Nadeau. Like, we can't miss yeah. him, can you? So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say have, have a look at Tommy Raphael, um, open side. I think probably um, it's a question as to whether he starts ahead of Mark Van Staden. Yeah. We think for Harlequins, he, he should start because he is quicker around the park and, my God, over the ball. Like, he's, I think, the best ball snaffler in the league. Oh, wow. Uh, he's also got this ability to look absolutely shagged after only 30 seconds of play. Like he comes on <laughs> looking pristine and he sticks his head into one ruck and he comes up going like, Adrian! He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's at it, but he is he is excellent. So I think we'd have Tommy Rafael and then uh, I think the, the other guy to look out for again in the forwards, you can tell him a back row because I've just listed off back rowers for both sides. And, but I think uh, it would be, assuming Liebenberg might still be injured for us, he's obviously incredible, but George Martin might play six. Um, the guy just folds people for fun. Um, he doesn't seem to have a passive tackle technique. His only technique is to obliterate. And he's only 20 and he's still got filling out to do. And he's about 6'5". So I think that guy is seriously talented. And again, if Quinns want to play quickly, they still need their front football. And he's going to be the guy that will, um, hopefully, from my point of view, stop you guys behind the game line. But uh, it should be a hell of a battle. Yeah, absolutely. You make a really good point there as well. If there's three teams that can suffocate us, it's, it's definitely Sales, Saracens and, and Leicester. So we'd like to think at the, the third attempt, we'd have figured out that game plan now and, and have a an action plan to combat it. So we'll see how we get on. As you say, it's going to be a hell of a battle. Really looking forward to it. There's, there's so many good matchups all over the pitch. You've just outlined the back row there. You've obviously got Ford and Smith at 10 and, and Tyrone Green versus Freddie Stewart at 15. So it, it's going to be an absolute snorter of a contest. I think it'll be tight. I think we'll I think we'll get three. I think you'll get three as well. Um, and I think we might see ourselves go for posts a little bit more in this one, learning from our previous mistakes. So I'll go for 20, I'll go 29, 27. That's tight. <laughs> I was going to go, I'm trying to do the mass in my head. Cause I think, I think obviously with Marcus back on the part, we might be a little bit more pragmatic in, in taking points when they're on offer because they'll be more hard to come by. Maybe a bonus point is a bit far-fetched, so I'm going to go 20... A couple of penalties here and there. 28... 28-17. Uh, I'd say that's quite comfortable. This is a comfortable win. That's that's a landslide. It's going to be... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be. What was your score? Did you give us a score? Go on, no, give us a I'm score. Gonna, no, I, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be 36-31 to Tigers. And we will have think that we're walking away with it with 15 minutes to go and you'll run in two tries and a drop goal yeah. just to make everyone soil themselves on the terrace. Because I've noticed that with Harlequins, everyone's like, all right, all right, all right, shall we start playing now? Yeah, okay, no, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes it very entertaining. But uh, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, a hell of a game. Really looking forward to it. Said with such confidence. 
<laughs> That's arrogant Tigers fan for you. <laughs> Half a season of good rugby and, and we've come out the woodwork again. <laughs> exactly. Big <laughs> thank you to Coops for joining us from the Rolling Mall podcast. Had some really interesting things to say there about the, the Smith v Ford matchup and particularly the back rows. Do you think it's as simple as that, Mike, going through to Sunday? Is it a battle of the back rows? I don't know, mate. It'd be interesting. It's quite nice having somebody not just pinpoint all the boys, you know, out wide yeah. having fun. It's it's interesting to sort of see it from that angle. But yeah, he's, he's clearly a really good bloke as well. He's the sort of, we were just saying he's, he's the sort of bloke that if he comes down to the home tie our end, he'll be um, he'll be in the Robshaw Bowl with us afterwards for sure. Seems like a really good lad. So yeah, looking forward to jumping on with them as well and having a chat about the weekend ahead. But yeah, should be a battle now. And it's it's one of the ones that I've been worried about, you know, however long we've been looking up to, to Leicester all year they've been the best side in the league and a little bit nerve-wracking yeah. get up against them but you know with um with some boys back hopefully the injury list doesn't take too much of a beating it should be a, it should be a good battle yeah I'm hoping there's a few things that work in our favour I'm hoping the week off hasn't actually helped them and, and some of them need to get back up to speed they wouldn't have played a match together with the returning internationals so hoping that might help us it's also, as we mentioned, the third attempt at playing a, a strangling, suffocating team. And I'm hoping it's third time lucky and we've learned our lessons. Um, I thought it was interesting he called out James Chisholm because yeah. he's the kind of six that would play in this game. He's the kind of six that, that, that matches the fixture quite nicely. So I'm hoping we'll see him at six. Uh, and I'm hoping he's right. It causes them quite a few problems. Yeah, for sure, mate, for sure. Nice. Well, that's where we'll leave it. We'll, we look forward to... Uh, a titanic clash this Sunday against the Tigers up at Welford Road, the tabletopping Tigers. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next week. Mike, cheers, mate. No worries, boys. See you soon. Couple of you quids. <laughs>